Welcome back to People First Podcast. I'm John Parker. Hey, I am glad to have you here today. Thanks for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about serving our country. We are in a series about serving others, and we've done an episode on serving your community. We've done an episode on servant leadership, and today we're going to be talking about serving our country. And this is more than just a special guest today. This is my um, soulmate of 30 years. She's going to be joining us today because she is a chief master sergeant in the United States Air Force. So let me explain to you, for all those who have not served, which is okay, right? For all those who don't understand what exactly, what is a chief master sergeant? Chief Master Sergeant is what we consider an E-9. They're the 1%. It's 1% of the Air Force, of the enlisted force, make it to this particular rank. It's the elite of the elite. And I am proud to say that my wife is a Chief Master Sergeant in the United States Air Force and the Air National Guard. And, and in this position, what you do as a Chief Master Sergeant, the majority of the time, is you take care of people. You watch out for your troops. You are truly the top of leadership, and that's what you do, is you mentor, you coach, and you lead. And I'm going to tell you what, I, I just, I'm so proud of all the things that she's accomplished in her career, and, and it's such an honor to get her, I had to coax her a little bit, but she's here with us today on our podcast Hey, honey, thanks for being here today. I, I just, I'm so happy that you're here. Good morning, John. Thank you so much for that very nice introduction. And if it wasn't for people like John in my life, I probably would not have gotten as far as I've gotten. I can't take credit for being a Chief Master Sergeant because there's been so many people involved in helping me get where I'm at today. So thank you very much for that nice introduction. You're welcome. So what we're going to talk about is serving the country, right? And I thought, who, who could be a better guest than you? Because you spent, how many years do you have now in actual service of your country? Uh, about 32. 32 years, right? And we met, actually, we met 32 years ago, right? It, it was just, maybe you had just, I had just gotten in. So um, we met actually serving together in a little Air Force base in Indiana. So any of you uh, Indiana listeners, we met at Grissom Air Force Base just north of Kokomo. And uh, that's where we, we um, well, I hate to say hooked up, but we hooked up 30 years ago. That's a terrible <laughs> thing, but it's my podcast. I can say what I want to, right? So we hooked up 30 years ago, and we've been together since. So I've got some questions for you about what it means to serve your country, right? So I, just to let our audience know, why did you decide to join the military? What was it that, that made you think, okay, I want to serve my country? Well, I'd love to tell you that I thought my entire life about joining the military and I was just born to do it, but that's not actually how it happened. I was an army brat. Uh, my father was in the military my entire growing up time and not something I ever really wanted to do. I felt like the military took a lot of his time away from us, but as I got older and I guess as me and my brothers watched what my father did and how much he loved what he did, that uh, it was kind of ingrained in us. Two of my other brothers uh, served as well. One was in the Army National Guard, and my middle brother was in active duty Army. So my little brother didn't serve in that capacity, but he did serve as being a dependent. And as my husband and my kids know, that's a huge part of being in the military. So, um, but the reason I ended up joining the military is uh, I wasn't doing too much with my life at that point in time. I was taking a gap semester off from college, and my best friend Phyllis Hayes had a bad day at work and came home and said, it's too hot to be doing that. There's got to be a better way. I'm going to Bowling Green to join the Army. Are you coming? Are you coming? Okay, I got in the car, and I'll ride to Bowling Green, and we'll see what happens from there. So 
the rest is kind of history. Uh, we went to basic training together. We went to tech school together. We went to our first station in uh, Grissom Air Force Base, like John said a minute ago together. And that's kind of how it all started. Uh, she was kind of a huge inspiration to me. She had a niece that was in the Marines and Natalie was all that. And I felt like we should join the Marines, but it didn't work out that way. But I would never regret the decision to join the Air Force. The military has been very good to me and I've loved every second. Very good. Okay. So for all of you that don't know what an army brat means, that doesn't mean you're a brat. Okay. That just means that your father or your mother or someone served and you followed them from station to station. Not everybody knows what that means, right? This well, sounds I was, I was a brat. Okay. She might've been a brat a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So you joined the air force, you joined it with Phyllis, which by the way, was a great family friend of ours and uh, a little shout out to Phyllis. Uh, Cause I know she's listening today. So let me ask you this. How has the military kind of helped you grow both personally and professionally? Oh gosh. In so many ways. And both of them, they kind of link hand in hand together. I'm just experience wise, the things, the places I've been, the things that I've experienced, how the relationships that I formed, you know, relationships are so very important. And, and I ha have relationships still with people that were at our first base together. And I could mention a few names, but if I don't want to forget anybody. And, but uh, it's incredible. I'm still on Facebook with them today. We're both on Facebook with them today. And that has molded us into the, the people that we are today. Um, our walk in our faith, I think, uh, comes from that as well. You know, the you just, you build these relationships and it's just, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome how people, you take the good with the bad and the same thing with leadership with that. You have good leaders and you have bad leaders and you learn something from each of those leaders. The bad leaders, you know what you don't want to be. And the good leaders, you try to emulate yourself to do that. The military has taught me that both in my professional and my personal life. Because I think as the years have gone by, um, as I've grown leadership wise in the military, it's helped me in my family life with my kids and stuff. When I was younger, everything was all about me. And then when I had kids and started raising kids and got married first and then had my kids and started raising kids. And then it helped me become a more caring person, a more nurturing person. And it's the same way in the military with the leadership, you know, as you promote and go up in rank, it's no longer about you. It's about the troops. It's about the airmen. And the military has taught me that. Absolutely. And another thing about the military is you'll find those who have served and spent time, it is like a family. It, it, you, can, you can be with somebody for three or four years and then they can move to their next duty station. We can move to our next duty station, but you don't lose that connection. And when you run into these people later down the road, it's like you have never, that, that time that you were away really wasn't there. You just reconnect and restart that relationship again. It's amazing how the military brings us together in that family type of atmosphere. Yeah, even, even if you haven't seen them for like 10 years, you haven't talked to them right. for like 10 years, maybe right. on Facebook, maybe not. The very next time you see them, it's just like their family. You can go back into just conversations and have that same love, even though you haven't had like a true like intimate relationship with them for all those years. But what you've been through in that time, like for the friends that we were stationed with in Germany and stuff like that, we would spend holidays right. with them. So right. then they become part of your family. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. So we talked about personally, professionally, what did you learn about yourself? What did you discovered about yourself that maybe you didn't know after all these years in the military? Well, for one thing, it's not all about me. I also learned that, you know, there's nothing that I can't do. Sure, you might need some type of uh, training to go with it to teach you how to do something. But with your team, it teaches you that team mentality, that family mentality. There's nothing that together you can't do. Trust your team. Trust your training. That's awesome. 
So 32 years ago, you came into the Air Force. Now that's, I don't want to make us sound old, but that's a long time ago, right? 32 years <laughs> ago is a long time ago. And I thought about that. I was like, man, how old am I? So 32 years to come in the Air You're Force. You and are. I am old. And it's, it's, um, it's a long time. So the Air Force, the military has evolved. Okay. So did you ever feel, or do you still feel that you had to prove yourself because you're a woman in uniform? Did you ever feel like that you had to be more because you're in uniform and you were female? Uh, I feel like for me, uh, more so now where I'm at, because when I was younger, there was nothing you couldn't tell me. I, I was strong-willed. I'm strong-willed. Oh, I hear today, that. But, I hear that. But I've learned a lot about myself now. So the circles that I travel in now with the rank that I am now is a lot different than when I was younger. When I was younger, I knew the regs. I knew everything. You couldn't tell me anything. And, you know, I had the world by it, and I was going to go forward. So I had three brothers, and like I said, I was an Army brat, so I was raised around the military all the time, and I was just gung-ho. Now I'm a little more, have a little more wisdom and a little more experienced and stuff like that. So um, I temper it, I think. And so maybe I put that responsibility more on myself than I do um, on what the military forces around me, not saying that the, the men that work around me make me feel that way, but I realize that I am a role model for females and I need right. to carry myself a certain way. So I think more of it um, I put on myself than the military putting on me. Because it's just something that you have to be aware of. That's what leaders do. They put that they put that responsibility on themselves. So all of those people that are listening to me today, listen to Teresa today. I want you to understand: if you're a leader, you're a role model. Whether you want to be or not, you're either a good one or you're a bad one. But you're never not a role model. People are always watching what you do, and they pay more attention to what you do than what you say. So those actions, those things when you're outside uh, uh, the company, when you're not on the clock, all those times count. You do not punch in and out of leadership. It's not an eight to five job. Leadership is all day, all night, 365. Make sure you understand it. So you are a role model. So what does that responsibility mean, right? What does that mean? You have the opportunity to influence all people around you. That is not a burden. That is an honor. That is a privilege. And you've got to take that responsibility really seriously because you can push somebody's career forward. You can push somebody's life forward just by the things that you say and you do. Somebody right now is watching you and learning from you. So what do you, how are you behaving? How are you acting? Teresa is well aware that every day that she's a role model and that's the coolest thing. And that's one of the, one of the great privileges I've had is because we've known each other for so long is watching Teresa grow in her career, watching her go from, from rank to position and different uh, things that she's done and accomplishments and, and watch her gain and, and, um, and win these awards that she's won all through, watch her go on to deployments into harm's way, all these things that she's accomplished, she's done in her career. I gotta tell you a quick story before we go into a couple of the questions, um, which I think is really cool. Teresa and I were having a conversation one time about purpose. And uh, is that a time in my life when I was struggling, trying to figure out what is it that I wanna do? What is it that I was born to do and why am I here? And I sat down with her, I said, hey, I gotta ask you a question. What do you think your purpose is? What do you think you were born to do? Why do you think that you're here? And without hesitation, without even a second, she said, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve my country. I'm here to serve my church. I'm here to serve my family. 
I'm here to serve God. And it was amazing. She completely understood her purpose. And for 30 years, she has chased it in her career. She's absolutely chased her passion and it's done nothing but reward her because of it. Sure, there's tough times. There's tough times in everything we do. But overall, I can see she's done nothing but just just flourish in the roles that she's been in. So it's just a great story of understanding your purpose, understanding your why. And um, hey, Teresa, tell me, tell me a situation. Now, all the time that you've been in, the places that you've served, you've been deployed all over the world, which is so cool. Give me a time, give me a special moment or an instance when you said to yourself, this is why I serve. Do you have a memory or a thought like that? Probably um, the most recent one was uh, when my daughter Taylor graduated from the Air Force Academy and uh, we got to pin her uh, lieutenant. I'm going to go emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's an emotional day right there. Yeah. We got to pin her uh, bars on her. And then uh, to my surprise, it was also the first day that I stood on chief and got to wear it. And so she had it all set up. It was supposed to be her day and she had it all set up so that she could give me my oath of enlistment. So they called me up to the stage and there I'm standing with my brand new lieutenant daughter and she gives me the oath of enlistment and I got to do her first salute and got her coin, which I still carry in my uniform pocket every day today. When you become a chief, they give you a chief's coin and it has my name on it. And you're always required to carry that with you when you're in uniform. And so with that in the same pocket, I have Taylor's coin as well. So so that was a pretty cool moment for me where I was like, oh, man, what a cool day to be in uniform. But uh, also when I was uh, serving over in Iraq, um, our office was right off of the flight line. And our uh, F-15s that were over there with us would come right by our door when they were going to take off. So I remember one day specifically that I stepped out there and as usual, you know, very hot, hot day. And I'm just standing there, you know, watching our plane take off and hit those afterburners and it just take off into the into the sky and like, man, that is so cool. This is exactly why we do what we do. That moment at the Air Force Academy, I got to uh, experience as well. What an amazing time. They made an exception in the ceremony, pinning on those lieutenant bars to all those academy grads to stop the ceremony and, and recognize that the fact that Teresa was sewing on, which means that it was the first day she was going to be become a chief master sergeant and, and, put that part of the ceremony into it. it was a very special time. So Teresa, I, I put out on Facebook um, a, a question to all those who have served and, and uh, currently serve a question that's just said, what does it mean to you to serve your country? And I want to read you one of the responses. I want to read you one of the responses uh, that we got from Lieutenant Colonel Josh Sinkmars. Right? So, yeah. So, the colonel is, uh, he works up a, he serves at the Air National Guard, the 120th Air Wing uh, in Great Falls, Montana. Um, he's Lieutenant Colonel. He's an Academy grad, a very special man, a very sharp Lieutenant Colonel. But most importantly, I consider him a personal friend. And, uh, and I learned a lot from him and, and from his wisdom and his leadership. So this is what he said. I'm going to read this to you. You tell me what you think about this. I thought it was pretty cool. He said, it's the greatest honor to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and protect freedom and democracy. America is the greatest country in the world, and it's a privilege to protect her. That's exactly what Josh Sinkmarsh would say. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and that, that's a testament to the type of officer he is. I, I've been very fortunate in uh, 
the direct leadership that I fall under uh, right now up there. And uh, Colonel Sinkmars is one of those people. He is somebody that I consider a mentor and a friend. And, uh, you know, he's one of the, those guys. Him and his wife both are uh, very special to me, uh, mentors to me, along with uh, Colonel Lincoln, who I currently work for. And they just, you know, they listen to everything that you have to say. They, they take the enlisted voice and, and they move forward with it. You know, lots of times you go and talk to your leaders and stuff and they listen to you, but do they really listen to you and, and do the things that you ask for their airmen? And those three people uh, truly do that. I feel very fortunate, probably the best job I've ever had in the Air Force I have right now. And uh, if you need anything at all, it doesn't matter, day or night, you call any of those three people and they're going to be there for you. And and those are the types of leaders that I try to um, develop my leadership after. I take some something from each one of them because they're all so different in the way that they lead, but it's always about the airmen with them and, and what we need. And the mission, of course, yes, the mission, always the mission. But to me, I just, I, I have a heart for airmen and those three people do that exact same thing. So it is my pleasure and honor to serve with and under all three of those people. So yeah, Colonel Sinkmars is top notch. Yeah. He, so when you're talking about the mission, this is what they understand about the mission. It's got to get done. We have a job to do, but we understand the mission only gets done through our people. And by leading our people correctly, that's how the mission gets done. And all three of those individuals she just talked about, I know as well. And they strive to be the best leaders they can be all the time. I could pull out all these leadership books that I have in my office today and start going through them. And they're trying to be all those things. They're working on them. They're striving to be them. And they're, and they're serving their people, not only their country, but they're serving the people. When I talked about servant leadership in the last, they understand that. They could be... Uh, an example of what I was talking about when it came to being a servant leader. So it is a privilege to know them. It is a privilege to hang out with them. It is a pri privilege to ask them about leadership and glean that knowledge from them. I love to do that because every time I'm with them, I'm learning something. I don't even know if they know I'm doing that, but I'm taking something from them that I can use to help other people. So we appreciate that. A shout out to the mission support group up there at the uh, 120th International Guard Wing. So, okay, one last question for you. There's a lot of people coming out of high school, out of high school, thinking about, man, should I serve? Should I do this? Uh, I'm not sure if I want to. What, would you, what advice would you give a young man, a young woman thinking about joining any branch of the military and serving their country? I'm going to steal it from Nike here. Just do it. You know, I haven't met anybody that has gone into the military that it didn't improve them as a person do it. I mean, there's so many benefits to being in the military. Um, you know, you hear about all of them all the time on the recruiting posters and advertisements and stuff, the education, the medical benefits, but it, it makes you a better person in the long run. It teaches you about leadership. It teaches you about teamwork. It teaches you about followership. And it's just so important to, you know, be able to serve your nation and give back, you know, do you want a better life? And that's what Phyllis, that's what Phyllis said that very first day. There's got to be a better way. And every single day in the military was a better day. There's going to be things you don't like about it. There's things you don't like about every single job. You have to be flexible and you have to be willing to communicate. You need to talk to your leadership. If things, if things are bad, if things aren't good, generally speaking, they don't know about it. So you have to be willing to go and have that conversation. Um, while we're shouting out, I want to shout out to my folks at TSA. And I spent 18 years with those guys and they taught me a ton about leadership as well. And they serve their nation every single day and don't get the credit that they deserve. So, hey, all you guys out there, you guys rock. You are superheroes in my book. So, so keep that up. But 
um, and that's one of the things I learned from TSA as well, being the flexible and communicating. Uh, my boss there, Max, she and I worked together for years. I was her boss for a while. She was my boss for a while. And I remember telling her one day about um, a dear friend and mentor of ours, uh, John McKenna, when I first started working for him, I didn't care much for him. And so I would tell Max, that's your boss. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> over the years, he probably, him and my husband and my father taught me more about leadership than anybody that I ever know. And so, um, and it was the willingness to communicate. He was quiet all the time, but when he talked, people listened. He used to be in the secret service and he just had that, that, um, charisma, I guess about him that he was quiet. Everybody else around him was quiet. He made everything calm. And that is one thing that I learned from him that I tried to take forward into my leadership now, and which has molded me, gosh, probably the last five or six years more than anything, especially with, you know, becoming a chief master sergeant, there's things that you need. And he helped me to learn those things. And it's caring about your people. I can't say enough. John talks all the time about it. It's about the relationship, the relationship, the relationship. And communication is key in that. Being flexible is key in that and not always having to have it your way. The military will ingrain that in you. It will teach it to you. I've loved every single day of it. So. Absolutely. So one of, the, one of the themes that keeps coming out over and over in your conversation, in the words that you're saying, is the mentors that you have. I don't care what level you're at in, in, in a company, in, in an organization, in your own company, find a mentor, right? These guys that she's talking about, John McKenna was a special friend of mine as well. I love to sit and talk with John McKenna because every time I did, I came away a little smarter. He, he gave me a little bit of wisdom that I could take with me and I could apply to someone else. Find a mentor, find somebody that can help you push yourself forward. It's okay. Put your ego in your pocket and learn from all the people around you. Find a mentor and learn from them and you'll see your stealth, yourself start to grow. And if you're a true leader, when you grow, the people around you grow. That's just how it works. It's just how it works. Yeah. One other thing that I would like to say is like, <laughs> when I, I could have been a much better airman when I was younger, had I been more humble, had I been more kind. And that's one of the things I've learned over this year. It is so humbling for somebody to ask you to be their mentor. And, and I have a, a few uh, airmen at the guard that I'm working with, with, with this now. And it, uh, to just so humbling to me every single time one of them came up to me and says, you know, will you be my mentor? And the last one said, you know, I know you're busy, but you are never too busy to, to be a mentor to somebody. So I will always make that time. And it's, I get just as much out of it as they do. I mean, when, when I can help somebody else or whatever, that just makes you feel good. You know, like when you're at uh, City Brew or uh, Starbucks and you're getting a coffee and somebody in front of you paid for your coffee or whatever, then you want to pay that forward, right? It's the same thing about, you know, having a mentor and, and being humble and being kind, you get something out of it. You just do. It just makes you feel good to help somebody else. So always be humble, be kind. Stole that from one of those country music singers. Blake <laughs> Shelton, be humble, be kind. And once again, not only are you serving your country, but you're serving all the people around you when you're being a mentor and you're learning from them. So one of the things that leaders need to do is we need to grow and we need to be intentional about our growth. We need to be always growing. If we're not growing, we're not helping, we're not supporting, and we're not growing our people around us. So we got to constantly be doing that. Awesome. I just want to thank you uh, for your time with us today. And of course, I want to thank you personally for your service to our country. Um, it, it's been amazing watching you. And she still has 
some service left. Don't get me wrong. She's not done. So she's got plenty of service left. Now she's making sure that she's growing leaders and she's putting leaders in positions so they can continue to serve and make this country what it is today. And I, I want to say the state as we end this. Our country right now is divided. It's a mess. Uh, there's a lot of stress. Um, and, and once again, that is divided. There's so much division all the way around. You know what? It's still the greatest country, as, as Lieutenant Colonel Sinkmar says, America is the greatest country in the world, and it's a privilege to protect her. Absolutely. We are still the great, with all the issues that we have, with all the things, that, the challenges that we face today, we are still the greatest country, and we will come through this thing. We will come through it, and one way to do it is to come through together. We need to be united instead of divided. But we can come through the issues that we have, and I would still serve today. If they needed me to serve, and I'm way too old to serve, but if they needed me to serve, I promise you that I would strap on a uniform and do what I needed to do and, and, and be with my brothers and sisters in arms. So I just want to thank everybody once again for listening to our podcast. Hopefully you gleaned a little information out there that can help you move forward. Okay, Jordan, why don't you take us home? Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in the blue, I'll go round the name.